The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, we talk about the player who may have just played his way into the number one overall pick, folks. We also look at KD and how bizarre our online Venn diagram of Barstool on the internet really is. The Phoenix Sun segment is finally here. Yes, it is. It's been weeks in the making, but it is here. And we also get into a couple listener DMs. Now who they want sucks, sucks, sucks. Now who they want sucks. The national championship is tonight. And I swear to God, if I don't see Jalen Suggs go number one in the 2021 draft, it will be a travesty. And yes, you may say I am a prisoner of the moment. But that man, that, I always say this and people will say it's derogatory. It's not. That boy good. That boy, good. Did we just witness in last game, Marty, Jalen Suggs turn into the number one overall pick? I think he may have turned into the number two overall pick, but I still think Cade's probably there as much as I love Jalen. GMs like to make safe decisions. Safe. You think Cade is safer than Jalen? I mean, I think we're going to be talking about Jalen Suggs as a better player than Cade Cunningham. And we're going to be talking about him for the next 15 years. When you look into his story, and we're going to do a deep dive into his story closer to the draft, the dude has, I mean, he's got Suggs in his name. Yeah. (laughs) Terrell Suggs, cousin of Jalen Suggs. He is the athlete's athlete. One of the, probably one of the best athletes that we've seen come out in a long time. And that's saying something given Ant Edwards is pretty tremendous too. And I know that everyone wants to talk about that buzzer beater. They're going to be like, oh, Trista, you see one buzzer beater from the logo, and then you think he should be the number one overall pick. What a casual. What a casual. That's not what I'm talking about, folks. I'm talking about how Jalen Suggs, two minutes left in regulation, came from behind and blocked that layup. On Cody Riley, who is 6'9". He had six inches on Jalen Suggs. He cut inside. He was about to throw down either a a dunk or lay it in. And Jalen was like, nope. (laughs) Then the ball comes off. He has the presence of mind to make sure that it doesn't go out of bounds. He rebounds, takes it up the floor against pressure, Pushing two minutes left of the game. Yeah. Threaded the needle on a one-handed bounce pass for an easy dunk to Timmy. Folks, that is an NBA play right there in crunch time for the world to see on national television. I said to myself at that moment, oh boy, Kate Cunningham should be worried. Because <laughs> Kate Cunningham isn't in the tournament right now. No, and he played like shit in the and tournament, too. he played too. like yeah. shit in the tournament. I'm telling you right now, Marty, there's going to be whispers. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen, but there's going to be whispers in the mock draft. Everybody's going to be talking about Jalen and how far he took this team and how cr- nails he is and how he's got the blood of an athlete. You had a Marcus Smart defensive play. A Chris Paul save and a LaMelo pass all 
in one man. All in one hmm. man. Hmm. I know you think Cade Cunningham's going to go above him, but what team do you particularly think would be the best fit for Jalen Suggs? Uh, I mean, amongst the top of the lottery, I mean, Minnesota, it'd be cool, I guess, for them to get another guard. Detroit uh, needs everything. That would be kind of a fun fun piece for them to just build everything around, just completely start over. Houston, kind of the same way. Yeah. Uh, Orlando, they don't need a point guard. Uh, So I'd probably say either Detroit or Houston, leaning towards Detroit, because I don't really care about Houston right now. I hate that I hate the Timberwolves because I just think that they don't deserve anything good in their lives because they just continuously make bad decisions. But a Minnesota boy going a Min- oh, yeah. a Minnesota yeah. man going back to Minnesota and saving his his childhood franchise with Carl Anthony Towns and Malik Beasley, like that team is nasty. Now you could turn around you could turn around and maybe Trade D'Angelo. I know he's a friend, but ain't no friends in the NBA. I'm sorry. Got to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Send him somewhere else for some pieces. Obviously, he's worth a first-round pick. If you gave a first-round pick to Golden State for him that was protected, give another first-round Get another first-round pick for D'Angelo. Now you've got Ant Edwards, Malik Beasley, Jalen Suggs, and Carl Anthony Towns, and all of a sudden you become maybe a playoff team. Maybe. Maybe. I tell you who doesn't need them. Golden State, Sacramento, Charlotte, New Orleans, Portland, Dallas. Teams with good guard combos. Wouldn't hate, actually, Luka with Jalen Suggs. He'll never get him, but I would not hate to see that. Mm. I mean, them falling far enough to get him, that'd be crazy. That would be <laughs> insane. I think also a great uh, pairing would be with Beal in Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at that, definitely. Yeah. I know that they would have to. They, oh, I think Russ has only one more year. On the contract, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do. They, also, wouldn't, they would not take him like, oh, we have Westbrook. We don't need no, to take him. No, they would not. Yeah, also, no I know that John Wall is injured, but John Wall and Jalen Suggs for a year would be interesting. Be fun yeah. in Houston. Wouldn't hate it. Spring is officially here. Warm weather is on its way, Marty. Do you wear tank tops? Not really. You don't wear tank tops? No, I did in college. Kind of grew out of it. You seem like a Bayou tank top boy to me, like a loose tank top, like a little like oversized, like sort of been stretched out by the sun and the heat and the sweat. No, I wore some tanks in college. Yeah, Yeah. I could see you doing that. Whether you're hitting the course, not in tank tops or enjoying some drinks in the sun, the Barstool Sports Store newest spring arrivals will have you looking good all season long. Head to store.barstoolsports.com to shop more. Let's just think about KD being like, yo, pull up to the after party, Michael Rappaport. (laughs) Oh, my God. I have to talk about this. Kevin Durant fined by the NBA $50,000 for, quote, offensive and derogatory language on social media. And they also said Durant has acknowledged that his actions were, quote, inappropriate. Yeah, uh, there's so much to this story, so much that tickles me. I love it. When I said to myself, I would like an NBA podcast that tackles the T, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Especially given how this whole thing started. So how did this all work, right? So for those who have been living under a rock, Kevin Durant says some things in the DMs to a famous comedian actor who is connected to Barstool in a very interesting, funny, and sort of a sad, tragic way. Fuck Michael Rappaport, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. That's when we walk in the door, when you sign your your paperwork to come here, it's like, hey, and every time you hear the name at Michael Rappaport, say fuck Michael Rappaport. <laughs> that's that's what it is. All right, so this is what happens. I mean, you, you basically don't even know. And like, I didn't know what was going on when I got here. And then it was like, oh, yeah. He's uh, a bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm very, very aware of the Rappaport uh, Barstool journey. Yeah. So, okay. So what happened? Two incidents happened. One was a beef that was created uh, basically stemming from Charles Barkley talking shit about KD being soft. 
And then the other one was a lawsuit between our very own Dave Portnoy and Michael Rappaport. There's not a better intersection for this podcast. <laughs> Just nah, not a better Venn diagram. So here's the facts. Michael Rappaport sued us, Barstool Sports, and a bunch of Barstool people over, quote unquote, a contract breach and defamation of character. A tremendous T-shirt, basically, where Michael Rappaport had a Getty image. He, it was his image, by the way. Right. Yeah. That's the part that gets lost in this. You put this image out, which looked very herpy-esque. And, and, and it was something on his face. I mean, herpes is on the lip, so it wasn't quite on the lip. It was on the skin. It looked almost like leprosy. It looked something like scabies or something. It looks really <laughs> like, bad. It's tough to look at. It's tough to allegedly some. I don't know what it was because I'm not a doctor, folks. I'm not a doctor. But it looked really bad. It looked bad. And we've got these t-shirts with Goodell and the clown nose that are in this tremendous teal blue. Teal blue is one of my favorite colors, by the way. Great one. Is Goodell with the clown nose. Near and dear to Dave's heart. So the the t-shirt comes out with Michael Rappaport in that tremendous Getty image that he put out himself. That was his image. Or Getty's. And with the clown nose. So he sues Barstool for a variety of things. That clown nose t-shirt was was the coup de gras, we'll say, right? And that lawsuit, because it was bullshit, was thrown out last week. And the entire deposition was posted online. Dave's deposition, tremendous. That was online. Not many people knew externally that Barstool was being sued by Rappaport, a.k.a. the bitch. Uh, but internally, we all knew. We were all waiting for this to come down and us to all be able to talk about it because we couldn't talk about it. And then the victory lap ensued, right? And then news about Michael Rappaport's shenanigans, his lawsuit. I mean, who sues? Like, who, what, which co- comedian sues a comedy site? Like, uh, that's just crazy. <laughs> anyway, so the world knows, oh my God, Michael Rappaport is sensitive and a little bitch. And of course, KD sees it. And then at this point, we didn't know this, but KD had been going back and forth in the DMs with Rappaport, right? They had a little YouTube series, and then Rappaport was standing for Charles Barkley being like, oh, KD, you need to do the interview with Charles, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know KD won't even let a guy with six followers talk shit about him. <laughs> right? So yeah. is he going to let Michael Rappaport talk shit about him? No chance. So... Things got personal, heated, and inflammatory between them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read us some of the best of of these DMs between Rappaport and KD? Okay. Uh, we have, uh, I heard it all before, you cunt. Uh, Chuck doesn't need you as security, you pale, pasty, cum-guzzling bitch. <laughs> uh, we also have, uh, meet me on 17th tomorrow at 10 a.m. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on. Just for a second. That was at Catch Steak, a club. Oh, yeah. And KD was at Catch Steak, a club, at 10 a.m. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, I swear I'm going to spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. And then we have uh, all you do is perform oral sex on men for attention. But he used a different term than I did. I love this. I love this. I hated the slurs, obviously. I'm very (laughs) very anti-slur. Anti-slur person, don't like slurs. Got to say that out loud. Not a big fan of of any slurs of any kind. No, anti-slur. Very. We are an anti-slur podcast. Firmly, Firmly anti-slur podcast. Won't ever catch me out on the streets speaking slurs. So then the news broke out about us, right? The news about Dave and the lawsuit came out, and so then KD wrote this to Rappaport. One, two, three, four, five crying emojis with one <laughs> tears. You called your lawyer like the pussy you are. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> you couldn't talk you couldn't take Portnoy talking shit, defamation of character, and then he amps up the emojis to the streams of tears emojis. <laughs> no one on the planet loves crying face emojis more than KD. The versatility. Of the crying emojis, too, were quite unmatched. So many. She uses like five of them at a time. (laughs) Uh, And then this is the part that made Rappaport go public 
with the beef. Your wife mad as fuck because you wasting that little bit of money on a lawyer because you can't take a joke. Defamation of character. Ha ha ha. How pussy you are. First of all, how Yoda was that? Right? How pussy you are. How how pussy you are. Your wife doesn't even respect your bitch ass. Oh, my God. So then I'm crying. The the part about the story was a Nets reporter asked KD about the interaction. And you're, you're expecting, I don't know what you're expecting, but, you know, Athletes are told by PR people to say certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those. Hey, KD, uh, let me grab you for a second. Uh, so they're going to ask you about this rap report thing, and what we're going to need you to do is we're going to need you to apologize, say that you don't know what you were thinking, um, things got a little out of line, and and you really don't speak that language on a day to day basis. This is not who you are. This is not how you want your fans to see you. And KD was like, Nah, nah, fuck that. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, he didn't do that at all. <laughs> Katie's like, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. And so they ask him about it, and he's like, he said the most straightforward, honest, as like least contrite thing that you possibly can if you're KD, who hasn't been playing. So he's up there, no reason at all but just to address this, and he knows that he's going to address this. So he says, I'm sorry that people saw that language I used. That's not really what I want people to hear and see from me. No shit. But hopefully I can move past it and get back out there on the floor. Thoughts, Marty? I mean, I think it's funny he didn't try to act like he doesn't talk like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, we all do. We all say fuck and shit. Like, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it, Big Cat had a great tweet about it. He said, uh, Kevin Durant's the only person who ever became more likable for being just online all the time and like or he, he did it better than me but basically yeah i think i think kevin Durant's a lot funnier now than i did a couple months ago yeah and like more i think we've now maybe come to realize that kd is just always like this like everybody yeah. thinks he's sensitive but no like kd's just like this he's just from a part of maryland and like he gets down and dirty in the DMs, he gets <laughs> down and dirty straight up to your face. When he says like, "Listen, I'm gonna spit in your fucking face when I see you," like that is aggressive, and I love it. He's a spiteful man. He's spiteful. Yeah, he has a lot of trauma in his DNA. Like he has experienced things, and he is not afraid to spit that venom out when and get it out of his veins whenever he feels it necessary. He's also very frustrated by, I mean, imagine being as good as he is at basketball, like that good, but knowing you'll never be acknowledged as the best to do it. Yeah. I think he holds on to that. And also not even just acknowledge as the best to do it, but there are plenty of people who just say, KD, you need others. You you literally just want to keep forming super teams, and you're just not that good. He's seven feet tall. He can get a bucket whenever he wants He can create his own shot. He has the handles of a point guard. He can defend when he wants to. Like, fuck, if I was KD, I would feel some kind of way too. Like, God damn it, is there nothing that I can do? I can do more on this planet than almost anyone. I'm one of the most skilled people to ever walk this planet at this size, and the world just will not acknowledge it. They just will not. Anyway, we're off topic. So... I just would love to go through KD's DMs on my own. Like, let me see them. Let me see them. How much would it take for me to see your DMs for, I don't know, five minutes? Let me see your recently deleted text messages. This is the same dude. Who would you fire off a DM to from KD's Instagram? Ooh, that's if you a could. great question. I don't know. We'll come up with it later. Maybe. We're gonna have to. De- we're gonna have to go into this later. I mean, this is the same guy. You should not be surprised because this is the same guy who basically said, all I had was Russell Westbrook. I didn't like playing for Billy Donovan's bitch ass. And I had a bunch of bums on my roster. So what did you think I was going to do? Yep. You think I was going to choose a worse team than Golden State? They recruited me. They paid me the max. What was I supposed to do? Go somewhere trash? No. Anyway, that, that made zero sense. I think the thing that was was fucked up, and you probably have lots to say about this. <laughs> Is that the NBA finding Kevin Durant for this fifty thousand dollars is bullshit? 
Yeah, I mean, it was surprising to me. I didn't. It, it was. It's the same. First off, it's the same punishment that uh, Myers Leonard received uh, for saying. I mean, I, I I hate to compare like slurs or like offensive things, but I think people were more upset by what Myers Leonard said. I was surprised because this wasn't something that Kevin Durant said or intended to be public. Yeah, he said it privately to Rappaport and Rappaport like the con speak of consistency Rappaport like the consistent bitch that he is <laughs> decides to go public and air out KD's dirty laundry and then by the way it came out that Rappaport had deleted a bunch of DMs and posted ones only that were just putting him in the positive light fuck Michael Rappaport <laughs> fuck you you bitch and that Getty image not there not just built way different than the rest of the league right now but they are built way differently than they have been in a very long time oh yeah <laughs> we're oh, talking yeah. about the suns the phoenix suns segment is finally here let's go there's let's not go boys i don't think there's been a team as good as phoenix that has been talked about less yeah, I mean, there was a time there. Uh, we've been overshadowed by Utah a little bit. There was a little time there, like like into into January, where we were getting some steam. But it's definitely like cooled off, especially for a team that's yeah been as bad as we have for so long. I mean, ten years without doing really anything, and now we're basically a runaway two seed. It's nuts. You have the second best record in basketball. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like it's dumb. Nobody's and nobody's acknowledging it. There's no one's talking about it. No team has been slept on more. Just quietly going from not being in the playoffs for a long time, yeah. going then like having a little bit of noise, going 8 0 in the bubble. And now just three and a half games behind the Jazz and just not a peep. Yep. I didn't even talk about it because I was like, man, maybe I'm too early. The only reason this segment is here is because Washington Post put out an article yesterday. This thing's been written. This thing's been written for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw Washington Post was like, oh, the suns are surging. How how far can they go? And I was like, it's time. Yeah. There's nah. someone else talking about now the we suns. Have to go. Yeah. Now I'm going to go. It's time. Tell me when to go. So if you would have asked someone, Marty, where, besides yourself, uh -huh. where the suns were going to be at the end of this year, last year, we'll say even in the bubble when they were in the bubble surging, what would you have said? So like, but so before Chris Paul, ooh, I'll give you right at the Chris Paul trade. Okay, right at the Chris Paul trade, I think what most people were thinking was, oh, they're uh, six seed. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be fun now. They'll be like, okay, like like what he did with OKC last year. That's about first you round. Know, what they'll be. They'll finally you know break the playoff curse or or whatever. But no, yeah, no, I don't think anyone thought we were going to be an elite team. No, I guarantee you, nobody was like, this is going to be the second best basketball record. This is going to be the second best record in basketball. Yeah. No. I mean, I am a Chris Paul enthusiast. Mm -hmm. Love me some Chris Paul. And I was like, man, this team could really make some noise in the first round. I was like, they might be able to have a puncher's chance against a two seed as like a seven seed. Yeah. Like, a, like basically like what OKC did last year. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, maybe, maybe come out of the first round. But yeah, that was the first thing I uh, convinced myself of. It's been a gradual allowing myself to believe how good this team is. Here's a stat for you. Since the bubble began, this is insane. Since the bubble began, the Suns have won 75% of their games. Yeah. That is damn. I mean, that is so <laughs> impressive. The lack of praise actually is somewhat slanderous. A little bit. A little bit. It's weird. It's just. And if I, and I was saying this to a friend the other day, like if I was a Suns fan or a Suns player, that would be just how I would want it, baby. Uh -huh. no, no attention. Don't talk <laughs> about us at all. No one expect us to do a damn thing. Just keep us off the jump. Keep the spotlight off of us, the mm -hmm. heat off of us. And so we have no expectations. And then we're going to come into the playoffs and go, pow, pow, pow. That's what <laughs> yeah, love it. That's what you think, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, these are uh, this is a team that I think could very much benefit from bulletin board material. I mean, Chris Paul reads everything that's ever written about him. He's motivated. He is the type of player that can use that uh, to motivate the rest of the team. Devin Booker, just you know, he remembers all the slight and shit that he's gotten his entire career. I just want to say, I just want to make sure I say in this segment how excited I am to watch Devin Booker play playoff basketball. 
and watch him just go toe to toe with somebody in a series. Like, you know, he's been waiting for that. And his game is just built perfectly for the playoffs, too. Like, I can't fucking wait to watch Devin Booker in a playoff series. And this team, this roster, and we'll go into it, is built for it's so impressive Mm -hmm. what's what they are doing when you peel back the onion on this roster construction. You're like, oh, they've got a plan, baby. Mm -hmm. Let's look for a second at why they've been so fucking good this year. Second highest winning percentage in the NBA is 71%. Yeah. Second highest in point differential. Tenth in points per game. But even though that's not that good, they're second in field goal percentage. Mm -hmm. So obviously not a great rebounding team. 13th in three-pointers, but eighth in three-point percentage. Yeah, that sounds right. Second in assists. Definitely. Sixth best in turnover percentage. Fifth in defensive rating. Tenth in opponents' points in the paint. 46th field goal percentage. Fifth best offense and seventh best defense. This is the most complete team in basketball. Uh, It's hard to argue for another team right now. Yeah. They hold opponents. This is actually very, very impressive and very going to be very important in the playoffs. They hold opponents to 11 three-pointers per game. And that's second best in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Opponents only shoot 32% from three. Oh, boy. Yeah, close out Kings. Close out Kings. And you know what? They've been getting better all year. Just the momentum is surging. This is a Suns filleting. We're, this is what we're doing. Oh, yeah. I'm This is what it. we're doing. <laughs> Since February 5th, the Suns are 23-5, and five, and their average victory margin is 13 points. Just... Just smacking fools. Yep. Just smacking fools. And then their average margin of loss, four points. And that includes an 11-point loss. They are either killing people mm-hmm. or in every game. Yeah, just about. there. We, yeah, we haven't been steamrolled by anybody, really. There was a Pelicans game earlier in the year, but ever since it. then, yeah. That one game against the Pacers. That oh, yeah, was when. That, yeah, yeah. that was actually the, that one game was the reason we didn't do that segment then. They're number one in the NBA against the spread. Yeah, a gambling's boon at thirty-two and sixteen. And keep in mind that's with the Jazz going twenty-one straight against the spread. Mm-hmm. And you know who that all starts with, Marty. James Jones. My guy. My guy. You know James Jones, folks. He might win NBA Executive of the Year. He's got to be top in the running right now. I think so. I think so. I mean, we mentioned him, Sean Marks, uh, maybe Cupcheck, actually, the more I thought about it. But no, nah, it's Jones. And Cupcheck, what moves? That was a stretch. I mean, the moves? Gordon Hayward signing, yeah, drafting, drafting LaMelo. Yeah. But it's still a stretch. It's James Jones. It's got to be James Jones because you're talking about, and this is this is like a I don't think necessarily the fruits of your labor as an executive come one year in. So this is a multi-year. This is like you plant seeds and then three years later you win executive of the year. So he's been planting seeds for a little while now. But you're talking about a perennial lottery team, a team that was a joke, as you would say, jokeville, which (laughs) I have adopted into my lexicon (laughs) and turn them around in fucking two years time. Yep. Two years time. They're the second best team in the NBA. Yeah. That Comple- is completely changed the culture. Just completely changed the culture. And you know why? I think you can say he deserves executive of the years because that's him. Like it's literally the personality type of James Jones injected into an entire organization. And on top of that, has somehow gotten the Sarvers to just go away. Yeah. The ownership is just nowhere to be found, and they have had their fingerprints all over that roster, all over that team, and he has found a way to say, you know what, I got this. James Jones, a fucking winner. Champ. Champ. They call him champ. Champ. Folks who are casual might remember James Jones from his time in the Miami Heat organization. Yeah, and where, the Cavs. And the Cavs. He is like a LeBron... He was one of those guys. He was one of those LeBron James, like Mike Miller types, but better. Mm -hmm. Corner three. He has made, when he was a player, he made the playoffs in 12 of 13 seasons. Everywhere he went, he was just winning. Yeah. Never had a losing record as a player. He was on uh, some of the Nash Suns teams, too. He started for us in big games. Yeah. He was nasty. Incredibly well-liked, respected everywhere he goes. Like, he's just one of the nicest guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You almost forgot when he went and became an executive, I was like, 
he doesn't have any more juice left in the legs. Like, I, yeah. I'd like to still see him play right now. Yeah, he was kind of like our guy Corey. He didn't take a whole lot of time in between uh He went from the and, yeah. bench to the bench. Yeah. Basically. Right, yeah. He inherited a 19-63 and 63 Suns team. Second worst in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Youngest team. And he said, you know what? I think it's time, even though I'm a nice guy, to make some hard decisions. Yeah. He fired... How do I pronounce his name? Igor Kokoshko. Yes. (laughs) So he fired Igor and somehow, some way, convinced Monty Williams Uh to come to the Suns when Monty Williams had an offer to be the L.A. Lakers head coach. Can you imagine? It's bizarre. (laughs) Somehow convinced the Sarvers to pay Monty Williams the back when Monty Williams would have been coaching LeBron James and somehow Monty Williams said yes. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it really is crazy when you look back that he made that call. He managed to turn Trevor Ariza into Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio, and then swap them for Chris Paul. Yeah, and one of the and one of the moves that uh, is underappreciated. So first off, when he got the job after we had the second worst record in the league, we got th- that was the Zion lottery that we just got fucked. You in. got six, got which would turn into Jared Culver, who was fucking trash. Yeah, but he moved that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 11. But, yeah, yeah, for, for 11. Yeah, and Dario Saric, who has been awesome this year. Dario Saric is the unsung hero of this Suns team. And Cam Johnson, who he's... He's had some questionable stretches this year, but he but he's been really good at times. Like, that trade, he doesn't get enough credit for. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, everybody was complaining that the Suns didn't do enough of the trade deadline, but also... Another underrated oh, yeah. <laughs> move was Tory Craig for cash considerations. He's been awesome. <laughs> he has been so good. Tory Craig in games in his per 100 possession numbers are 20.4 points per game, yeah. 12.5 rebounds per game, 3.5 assists per game, 1.7 steals per game, and 0.9 blocks per game. So he's not playing a lot of minutes, but oh my God, if he was. Oh yeah, he's loud. They're loud minutes. Yeah, They are loud minutes. They already have as many wins right now as they had all year last year. Mm-hmm. They went 16 and 21 in games within five points in the last five minutes last year. And right, right now they have their 14 and 11. That is the Chris Paul effect. The best team in the league. They don't always play great all game, but they just lock down late. That's what that's what they do. They sometimes they like don't look great in first two, three quarters. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter comes around and they just turn it on yeah they also uh they've been letting people back in but then still pulling it out so which you'd rather them not let teams back in it but the fact that they can still get it together and pull it out shows yeah it's a game of runs oh for sure you're playing against other nba caliber players Mm -hmm. guys shoot they get hot as you know you know that happens uh and then the other thing that nobody's talking about is just how deep they are they are incredibly deep which as you know, doesn't matter a ton for the playoffs, but what it does right now is save Chris Paul so that he's fresh. Yeah. And your your seven man rotation as is, is as healthy or as fresh as they possibly can. Chris Paul right now only has to play 30 minutes a game. Right. 30, yeah. 31 minutes mm-hmm. a game. I think there is not a team more suited. I know. I'm mushing you. I'm sorry. I know you're probably kind of scared. There is no team in the West more suited to go to the finals as an underrated as an underrated team. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's like Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, but like this Suns team. If I was a betting woman, which I am, uh, in terms of like finals appearance, this team could. Go to the finals. Yeah, no, I convinced myself that nothing's impossible for this team uh, probably about a month ago. It was a very scary realization after the 10 years I've had as a fan, but <laughs> we could win it. We could win it. You like, could. It's possible. It is possible. It's not 0%. The only issue is the only team I see you stacking up really poorly against is the Lakers. Yeah. That's it. Like, because DeAndre Ayton doesn't eat. He doesn't eat food. No, and if he has to guard Anthony Davis all game, like just or no. Andre Drummond has fifty pounds on him. That's true. Montrez Harrell <laughs> will eat will eat the Andre Ayton for lunch. Montrez Harrell is a man. Montrez Harrell is like two inches shorter and probably thirty pounds heavier. Yeah. He's just so De- the DeAndre Ayton as your center and Frank Kaminsky as your backup. 
you would have really benefited from someone like uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, no, I was surprised that we didn't try to make a run at either either of those two guys because how I would attack the Suns is there's certain games where, I mean, Frank Kaminsky is one of our backup bigs, and uh, he's great against certain teams, but when he plays against a physical center, he becomes really hard to play and put out there. So if... I'm an opposing coach. Go right I'm, at Aiton and get him in foul, him in foul trouble, trouble, and then and Kaminsky, and then you eat him. Yeah, yeah, and just cook. Just cook. So there is an avenue is to the, beating that us. That is the Lakers. There that, is, right. <laughs> so hopefully you don't see them until the Western Conference Finals, and maybe maybe they're they're hobbled. You never know. Maybe, you know, Andre Drummond still is battling that toe issue. Maybe Montrez Harrell gets in foul trouble. I don't know. But depending on who and when they play them, this Suns team could go all the way. We've got some DMs to go through. Let's get into some. All right. Uh, first up, uh, we have a fun one. Uh, would the Denver Nuggets be better off having held on to Jeremy Grant mm. rather than trade for Aaron Gordon? Oh, man. Such a good question. I think we've talked about this like three times at least. But yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think we've talked like different iterations That's of true. like the yeah. Jeremy Grant, how bad it was that they let him go. But nothing is more apparent about how badly they handle that situation. I mean, here's the thing. First off, Jeremy Grant wasn't going to get the role that he's getting in the, in Detroit. Yeah, no, yeah. No There's question. a whole article about how Jeremy Grant wanted to go and be the centerpiece of a franchise and how he was going to always be third fiddle in Denver. But if they could have convinced Jeremy Grant that, listen, you are a key piece of our title run. We value you. We're going to use you as a center point to sometimes of our offense, but sometimes not depending on the matchup. Like maybe they could have gotten Jeremy Grant on board. Also like maybe trade Jeremy Grant on a sign and trade or something. He left for nothing. He left for nothing. And then to replace him, you had to give up RJ Hampton, a first-round pick in 2025, and Gary Harris. That is not ideal, I would say. <laughs> not ideal. Jeremy Grant last year averaged 14-4-1. and one. This year he's averaging 24-5-3. If you could get some version of Jeremy Grant now for the Nuggets, I mean, you would be cooking. Cooking. That being said, Gordon is a great pickup. You just had to give up a lot for him, right? Like, 2025 first rounder. I like RJ Hampton a lot. He was a lottery pick last year. Yeah, highly touted uh, going into not really going into the draft. He fell like in the draft process, but yeah, he's a he, he's a well thought of uh, prospect. At one yeah. point in time, RJ Hampton, when he was in high school, he was like top five. Was player. a top yeah. five player mm-hmm. in terms of like where they thought he was going to go in the lottery. Yeah, I talked to somebody from the Blazers organization, and I was like, "Yo, how come we didn't get Aaron Gordon?" And they and they said. Orlando is always asking for just way too much. Someone was just willing to pay them that. They basically paid them two first-round picks, R.J. Hampton and the 2025 first-round pick Mm -hmm. and Gary Harris. And Gary Harris is no slouch. He was a key piece of their Western Conference Finals run. He was very good defensively and got some big buckets and big minutes for them. Yeah, he came back uh, in the playoffs from injury and it was a big spark for him. So, yeah, no, that's not a... That's not nothing, no. So, also, I think that that just means that their ceiling is exactly where it was last year. Like, they didn't get any more, like, meaningfully better. If you're Western Conference Finals last year, which, by the way, well, what we can say is this. They are better from, like, a... I mean, Aaron Gordon's getting some of the easiest buckets he's ever had in his life. Yeah, uh-huh. He's going to get better and better. Jokic is going to solidify. Fun to watch now. Super fun to watch. Jokic is going to be, probably go down as one of the best, maybe the best passing center of all time. Yeah. Uh, but they're better from a roster perspective than they were last year, but their ceiling is exactly where it was because they went further last year than they should have. Does that make sense? I think it does. Like, they're better than they were 
like at the deadline, but are they better than the team last year? Probably about the same. Probably yeah. about the same in terms of their ceiling. But by the way, that Nuggets team should have been out first round. They were down 3-1 in two consecutive series. They were oh, down yeah. 3-1 to the Jazz, <laughs> and then they were down 3-1 to the Clippers. So they should have been gone out to the Jazz. I forgot the Jazz blew it that bad. Yeah. Two. Two, <laughs> yeah. three, one. Two. So, I mean, also, as an aside, is Aaron Gordon just the only one who really still cares about the dunk contest? He's, yeah, I mean, he, he seems to have a lot invested in it. He cares, boy. He is salty. Is there anyone more salty about something so long ago? Like, that was so pre-pandemic. Yeah. That was so, like, no one is thinking about that now, Aaron Gordon. Mr. 50. Mr. 50. This is the same guy who said, well, I changed my jersey number. So that I can move on to a fresh start. I'm moving forward into the future. And you choose a number that is representative of the past? What are we doing, Aaron Gordon? He chose 50 as his jersey number to signify that he has more 50s in the dunk contest than anyone else. What a meaningless number. Completely, yeah. What a meaningless (laughs) reason. Like, compared to Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard chose zero. But in his mind, it's O for Oregon, Ogden, and Oakland. Oh, I like that. So that is meaning. Well, the surge in zeros is funny, like off topic a little bit. But since Gilbert Arenas, the surge in point guards wearing zero is just off the charts. And like also zero zero for Carmelo, like like Greg Ostertag-esque, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the bruiser. I love that. So that's just so salty. Like... You're talking about Aaron Gordon who made a rap video to shit on Dwayne Wade and basically come after him for this conspiracy that he concocted about D. Wade not giving him a 10 out of 10 in Chicago and stripping him of this dunk contest title. An actual rap video called 9 of 10 where he's drinking Dwayne Wade's wine and spitting these bars. These nuts. I got something to hold. These nuts. What the hell? I had not heard that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He stalked D-Wade in a hallway. He's bringing up Adam Silver said, you deserve the gold. Didn't say that. There's no way. No way. Things Adam Silver didn't say that. File that one in your tickler folder. Just to try to call out D-Wade. And then, did you see D-Wade then ask Aaron Gordon about his jersey number change? Hey, Mm -hmm. bro, what's up with the new (laughs) jersey number? Oh, my God. He created a documentary called Mr. 50. I saw that. I mean, there's too many documentaries. (laughs) If Aaron Gordon has one, there's too many. Who creates their own documentary? (laughs) I'm creating my own documentary called Mr. 50. And he, where he said, I ruined the dunk contest. The dunk contest will never be the same now because I was so good in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Aaron Gordon. Maybe change the jersey number to 47, which is the actual score that you got in your last dunk. How about that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Play the clip where he he asks Aaron Gordon about the jersey number. I think we have that. Mm -hmm. It was so uncomfortable. My only question to you is, What's up with the number, bro? Why are you wearing number 50? I mean, it spoke to me, man. You know, I got the most 50s uh, ever in the dunk contest. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good number for me, man. I feel like it's strong. It's, it's powerful, strong. Uh, and it just spoke to me, man. I, I really, I'm rocking with it. Uh, it looked good on you. Uh, I appreciate that, D-Way. Oh. oh, do you want to just, like, leave? Do you want to leave that moment? Because <laughs> I did. It, when he says it looked good on you, you're just like, oh. Yeah, you just got to throw that in there. It's so tense. It's so, like, fraught with emotion, knowing that this song exists and, like, being D-Wade. Is it possible D-Wade didn't know the song? Oh, no, he knew. I remember things were said about this. He responded to it. He said, uh, 
He should trademark nine of ten and make some money off of it. That's free advice I won't charge him for. <laughs> you know, since I cost him a million dollars and that D Wade Sellers wine looked fire. Okay. Oh my God, get me out of here, please. If he's got to change the okay, number. Okay, so that bet. was incredibly purposeful. Correct. Okay, I didn't realize that when I watched this the first time. That was a troll. Oh, that is. That's very funny. That was an all time. <laughs> What's up with the number, bro? It looked good on you. Oh, but you never got the title, though. Uh, Yikes. Anyway, right. yeah. well, Western Conference uh, Finals is the is the uh, max for these Nuggets. That's what that's what I think about this trade. God, I was uncomfortable. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, okay, uh, now we have. What do you think of these older players getting bought out left and right? I mean, first of all, it's bullshit. Yeah. This is bullshit. This is bona fide skinny jeans era, soft ass players deciding everything, agents putting pressure on teams, bullshit. Like, you sign the contract, finish out the contract. If you can't get traded, then go fuck off somewhere. Just sit your ass on the bench. Like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this so much. I think it screws teams like Portland and Phoenix and Milwaukee and Minnesota. Like players only want to go to a few destinations and those are already teams built to contend and to win. I just hate it. Here's the deal with how it all works because it's kind of convoluted. It's kind of complicated. There's a loophole in the system where teams that are way, way over the salary cap or close to it can get important pieces for like pennies on the dollar. Just like you getting Andre Drummond for scrap meat, yeah. for lunch meat, is wild. And this is another reason, like I said, that small market teams just cannot ever be able to compete. And I tell you what, they are pissed. They are real heated over it. Griffin and Aldridge ended up in Brooklyn. Drummond signed with the Lakers. Dudes, those guys had salaries of over $25 million or more. So in reality... Lakers and Nets can't afford them. They got no. Aldridge and Blake Griffin on the same roster. That's fifty million dollars right there. Right, and 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 what I kind of hate about it is, you know, they constructed those teams. I mean, the Lakers made the AD trade. They traded all their all their young assets. Uh, so did uh, uh, Brooklyn when they made the James Harden trade. You're sacrificing depth to acquire those guys. So this is kind of cheating that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's within the rules, but it's still, uh, uh, yeah. There's sacrifices to be made when you get a superstar. Yeah. And that's depth. Can you win without that depth? Yes or no. That's the move that you make. That's Mm -hmm. the game that you're playing. That's the rules. And now you're, you're going around the rules and getting depth of guys who are, should be paid in the 20s millions of dollars, and yet you're getting them for $700,000 or $2 million and keeping yourself under the tax. Go into the salary, go into the luxury tax then. Give up a pick, something. This is a scam. This is a fucking scam. And agents essentially are getting their big clients a ring so that then when they become free agents, there's higher interest because they are quote-unquote championship pedigree, which is they are not. If they were championship pedigree, they would have already had a championship. Sorry. <laughs> This started about three years ago. I think uh, Woj put out some stuff about this recently. And Howard Beck did an, an, uh, also an article on Sports Illustrated. And he notes that Adam Silver and small market teams are so mad that they are going to propose some changes in the next CBA. Four changes in the system. One, make buyout players ineligible for the playoffs unless they've been released at some date prior to the trade deadline. Two, create a compensation system in which the team signing the player has to send a draft pick or possibly multiple picks, depending on the player, to the player's former team. I like that. Like a compensatory pick yeah, like I they like do that in the a lot. NFL. Yeah. Give each team a cap exception specifically for buyout signings and limit it to one per season or one every two years. I like that too. Have teams place a blind bid for bought-out players using whatever cap room or cap exceptions they have available with the player awarded to the highest bidder. Oh, I love that. So I. Oh, the TV. Could you imagine? Like, you literally could just, it could be like a whole show, a buyout show. Players are bought out, and then you have like a little um, bowl filled with like just the how much the bid is. 
All right, we've got a bid for the Cleveland Cavaliers That'd for 2.2. That'd be 2. so 2. incredible. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. I'm going to spend all day thinking about that. I love this. <laughs> also, by the way, this doesn't work like this in the NFL. When a player's waived in the NFL, there's a waiver wire order. Yeah. Teams that are the trashiest are number one. And so on and so on and so on. There's a waiver wire order. This is bullshit. The, the Nets and the I mean, obviously, I hate this. Obviously, I hate this. Better teams... Having more marquee stars drive ratings, as we know. So I guess the question is, like, why would Adam Silver get on board? I guess the pressure from the small market teams to create parity. Yeah. And also, like, better ratings for these smaller market teams are better for the NBA to share the wealth. Because, by the way, nobody's watching all 82 Brooklyn Nets games, and that's not going to make up for me not wanting to watch a Detroit Pistons game on a Wednesday. Like, I'm sorry, like you have to have ratings across the board or it doesn't make it look very good for your league. So I don't know. The question also is like, why are these teams getting bullied into buying these players out in the first place? Like if I was Cleveland, I'm sorry, I'm playing Andre Drummond until the wheels fall off. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. Like, I don't understand what uh, Cleveland or Detroit really got out of it or San Antonio. I mean, if, if the relationship is just gone and they're not going to play, I guess you have to do it. But I still don't get what they gain from it from a like, you know, the books standpoint. Nothing from the book standpoint, because the money is irrelevant. It's like they pay basically all of the contract out right then. Yeah. But also agents are basically saying to these teams, listen, I've got other clients. If you don't buy my guy out right now. I'm not giving my other clients a shot to play on your team. It is mobster shit going on right now in the NBA. <laughs> it's really some quite quite frustrating and quite scary, like these agents having all the power to get their players to do things that they were never, ever able to do three, four years ago. So, yeah, the league is uh, making it harder and harder for our little little guys to ever win. So that's why I'm rooting for the Suns, because I know my Blazers aren't going to be able to win. Let's go. This league. (laughs) That's all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, our TikTok is going bananas. (laughs) The TikTok is going bananas. You better get on board before it blows the fuck up. It is This League on TikTok. Trista Crick on TikTok. Trista underscore Crick on IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Please subscribe on YouTube as well because the visuals, we got to get a camera on you. We can, we can do that. Can we get a camera on you? We can do that. Because your responses and your facial expressions are quite lovely as well. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, by the way, we have a special episode, a women's only episode coming out. We've got an interview with Erica Nardini, our very own CEO. We've got an interview. Did you know that? Did you know we have that interview with Erica? Is this yeah, breaking yeah, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yes. told me about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dee Dee Richards from Baylor. Fucking stud. Amazing story. So much damn swag. Going to probably have to tamp down the cursing for her. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we will do that. We'll work on that. And uh, we also have a couple of women-centric segments planned. So please get on board with that. And also a big prop bet, a Kemba Walker versus Ben Simmons prop bet for Wednesday as well. Total points, rebounds, and an assist. Head-to-head, mano-a-mano. I mean, you got to take Kemba all day, every day. <laughs> but but six, but Sixers fans love themselves and Ben Simmons. Uh, we will see you Wednesday for that special episode. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.